Check one. Check two. Ben Gantz. All right. Benjamin Gantz. Wait, his name is Benny? Benny. Benny. Benny? B-E-N-N-Y. Isn't the prime minister's name Benjamin? Yes. Yeah. So we got we got two we got two Bennies. We got Benjamin and we got Benny. We got Ben. <laughs> this is like a I don't know how to explain. This feels like um like a like a teen buddy com comedy. Kind of like yeah, Pete and just, Pete, kind of. It's like Pete and Pete uh, for the the War Council. Pete and Pete. <laughs> I didn't watch that show. Did you watch it? I don't even know what Pete and Pete is. It either. was like a Nickelodeon show. It was, it was live action though. It wasn't a cartoon. Okay. Um, but it was about like two brothers, and uh, I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't for me. I was more of a SpongeBob guy. Me too. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's a great show. Uh, what do you think SpongeBob's politics would have been on Israel-Palestine? I don't know. He seems weirdly... Uh, I feel like he'd be very withholding about his real opinion. I don't know. He's he's a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, actually. He is a happy-go-lucky guy, but I think you're right. I think that he would keep it really close to the vest. He doesn't want to disappoint anybody. No. Squidward, on the other hand, is very vocal about his politics. You. What do you think he would have been? Uh, he's. He think he's pro-Palestine. Yeah, you you think that he wants to defend the defenseless? Yeah, I think so. I think he has some some morals or some ideals about it. Um, and then Mr. Krabs is, uh, I think he's 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 honestly going to do whatever makes him. He's like America; he'll do whatever makes him the most money. Correct. I think that puts him in the pro-Israel camp. Pro-Israel, but only if it's helping him. Yeah, yeah. I th- if it's financially advantageous. Yeah. Otherwise, he'll switch to he'll fund. He'll fund Hamas. Mr. Krabs would fund Hamas. Whoever's buying the most Krabby Patties. <laughs> if Hamas is buying more Krabby Patties, he'll he'll support Palestine. <laughs> That's my take on Israel and Palestine. Well, no crab um, patties getting into Gaza these days. No. I uh, I went to the farmer's market. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the farmer's market. Yeah, talk to me. Because I go to the farmer's market, and I sell stuff there, and yeah. so do you. Uh, also, welcome to Perfect Politics. I'm Milan. Yeah, and I'm Sam. Uh, I just want to know your honest take on the old people that go to the farmer's market. Yeah, there are quite a few types of old people that will go to a farmer's market. Um, there's the type that just, like, they look almost like they're confused how they got there and they're like wandering around with nothing and they like don't they ask a bunch of questions and then they just like don't buy the bread yeah um old lady at me yesterday was like you shouldn't keep the cash box open someone could steal it and i was like go like make an attempt who you old woman you're gonna there's a lot of quarters in there somebody might (laughs) i was like you could try yeah she's gonna come back with a disguise So then there's, there's, there's that class of old person. Yeah. And then there's the other class of old person who buys a hundred pounds worth of groceries. They have two carts. Mm -hmm. They're dressed like a professional gardener and they're in there buying everything. It's like one of their hobbies at this point in their life, probably. Yeah. To be at the farmer's market and to buy stuff there. If you have unlimited time, it's one of the best ways to shop for stuff. I think it's good exercise for them too, to mm-hmm. like, it's getting they're out, out of the, the house. Sun. And also it's it's also an early morning activity. Yeah. Like they're probably already waking up early. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's stereotypical. But well, see, I do an afternoon farmer's market too. Okay. Um, I, I did one today super early. I like the old people at the mm-hmm. farmer's market. I would, I prefer them to the younger people. 
they have less of an attitude. I, yeah. Or, or like, even if they do have an attitude, I think it's more forgivable, you know? Agreed. Because they've probably seen a few more wars. A couple. A couple more wars yeah. than the younger people. So I kind of enjoy interacting with them. I, I think they're more of a purist at the farmer's market. An old person is there for food. Yeah. A young person, like, they might be there for food, but they also might just want to go to the hot people fair. Oh, my God. I had that at the end of the day. We were packing up. And you I had, had some two, hot people? Well, no, just two young bros came by, and they're yeah. like, they're like, oh, what do I want? We're packing up, you know? Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, can I get, can I, ooh, let's get some shallies. Like, they had nicknames for, for, for shallots. <laughs> Oh damn! You can make a like you can make a you can make a sauce with the shallots. Like they kept yeah. figuring out what their menu was gonna be. Like I don't care what you make. These people are tourists at the farmers market. Yeah. They don't shop there. No, they were trying to party and get some shallies. I don't like when people party at the farmers market. It pisses no. me off. This isn't spring break. <laughs> I should be. <laughs> I'm. I, I myself am turning into an old man working at the <laughs> farmers market. It's not a party, kids. Get out of here. I have a stick that I poke them with. <laughs> I'm poking them with a carrot. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm with you. But I like the politics of the the farmers market. I think we both agree on that, right? We both. Yeah, I think it's a nice place to buy food. You go straight to the people who are close to the food, making it and selling it. Yeah, it's we, cheaper. It's cheaper than the grocery store. It's cheaper. The food is better. Yeah, I think there's probably more nutrients in the produce. Yeah, and they do, most places do donate anything that's left over, and there's, donate like, systems the the in place to, like, get it to people who need the food. Yeah, we we sell a lot, uh, like, to EBT. Yeah, yeah, we take EBT as well. That's a good system. It's good, um, but it is a privilege to go shop at the farmer's market. Most people are way too busy to do it. If you have a full-time job or... I don't know. Just if you're just like a normal person, you totally. don't have time to take a cart over to the to the what do you call it? The farmers market. It's it's recreational activity time. <clears throat> yeah, that's why old people really soak it up, and and young people who don't have yeah, just young people who are vaguely employed, vaguely employed. Yeah, mm-hmm. which exactly. is a big chunk of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's technically me. I mean, I do work at the farmers market twice a month, so that I, is the thing. <laughs> once once you're employed by a farmers market. Then you can't be too upset with people who frequent a farmer's no, market. You're I, part of the I'm system. part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, you know how we were talking about how, uh, I don't want to say the name, but th- we were just talking about how there's other places that you work also uh, provide uh, bread to these restaurants, like these hipster restaurants in LA. Yeah. And we, you know what I looked at, like, as I was creating the batches for today, it's like, it's all the same restaurants. Yeah. It's really like a small community of, of, uh, annoyingly expensive, overpriced, not that great restaurants. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to say not that great. Cause no, not that. Yeah. I don't, I, say they're too either. expensive for me to say that with uh, conviction. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so I don't know how great they are to be they, they might be pretty good actually, but, yeah. um, they are overpriced. We all, we know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can get better food for... Um, but it's a scene, man. It's like a food scene. Right. It's you're creating something that's cool. It's a club. It's yeah. like, what is a $22 cocktail? It's it's not the drink. It's the chandeliers and the couch you sit on. Yeah. And I think that there's and, a big part of that. And fresh rhubarb sold to you by Milan Patel. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there was an old lady and she was like, I, I was trying to feed my children rhubarb and they never had it before. I said, it's delicious. And then I'll be honest, I took some rhubarb home with me today. Uh huh. So we're going to see if she's an old liar. Okay. How are we going to prepare that? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to Google it. <clears throat> okay. But maybe a pie. <laughs> That's, right. the, that's all I think I know. <laughs> yeah, a jam. We can't. These things sound uh, labor intensive to yeah. make. Yeah. I kind of want to just put something on a pan and put it in the oven. And we can do that. All right, we'll put some rhubarb on a pan and put it in the oven. Okay, it's we'll take like a the, photo. It's put it the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's gonna be so bad. <laughs> Butter, rhubarb, <laughs> and salt. <laughs> this old lady was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I just wanted to talk about the farmers market. Um, yeah, since no. it's a shared experience, you've already worked a full shift today. Yeah, about the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, I feel good though. Um, yeah, I don't feel bad or anything. I, it was like a nice day today. So. You're a man about town. You're a man about multiple towns because you were in Seattle. You headlined in Seattle this weekend. I did. I went to Seattle. Um, the hereafter. It's a cool venue. If anybody ever goes to Seattle, um, it's a cool venue because they let people like me do shows. <laughs> that's that's why I think they're cool. They definitely lose money on shows like mine, but okay. they uh, are nice enough to give like up and coming people a shot so mm -hmm. shout out to the hereafter you've been doing that you've also been editing for two chains can we say that yeah we, i don't we can care ble we can bleep out two chains i don't name. i <laughs> doubt that he will ever see this or anybody connected with the show will see this well i hope so if two chains if you're listening thanks for listening i i honestly edit a lot of conver it's conversations that he has with artists every week mm -hmm. and the editing that i do for this show is very similar to what i do for that show it's just two people you know cutting between two our people. shows are connected in a way we're yeah. like sister shows i mean I'm, there's a lot of dna in this show that's also in two chain show it, it has to be i'm the editor yeah right so it's all I, about yeah if i'm editing both of these podcasts creatively there's a through line mm -hmm. um you know, I'm gonna come in next week dressed like two chains. <laughs> you just like, like, do you think? Do you think he'd notice if you slowly started adding chains and dressing like him? I think a lot of people would notice. <laughs> I think people on set. I think I would be asked to leave. The funny thing, the funny thing about that though is like if I showed up on set dressed like two chains, I would also be wearing my uh, visitor badge, like because I have to right. wear that. <laughs> One of your chains, you like you you get it chained out. You put like your ID in like a, yeah. a bin baller chain. Yeah, and it's just my stupid headshot, like. You know, it's still going to be a corny headshot of me. <laughs> yeah, so you got you got a lot of stuff going on, but you're still here with me talking about stuff. No, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to slack on this. I care about this. Well, it's good to hear. I care about this too. Yeah. Um, we watched Interstellar this week. Yeah, we watched Interstellar. Um, last week we watched Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Which was our first movie that strayed away from being a movie of the times. Yeah, it's uh, it was a period piece, I right. guess. And so Interstellar is a movie in the future guess what we do whatever we want we are not bound by the laws of time anymore we officially watch whatever we want yeah and inspired by the bending of time and space yeah with uh gravity is in that equation gravity's uh, in there guess what next week we could watch anything i don't yeah it doesn't matter we don't it doesn't it doesn't even have to be american we could watch something we'll that's watch, not american it could be kimbo slice youtube videos yeah <laughs> It's the one where he's like, uh, "All right, throw a punch." <laughs> Have you seen that one? And then he's like, "Movies." Uh -uh. Well, uh, we'll watch it and we'll okay, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we need. I need to actually brush up on my Kimbo slice. <laughs> we'll go check out some of the murals with him, and uh, uh -huh. we'll we'll do a whole Kimbo slice episode. I think I'd like to do a deep, not even joking. I'd like to do a deep dive on Kimbo slice. That'd be cool. Where is Kimbo slice now? Oh, I don't know. I, he might have passed away. Well, but, I guess that will be the segment for next week. Is where is Kimbo slice now? Okay. <laughs> 
going to be a sad ending. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I don't hope. I mean, I hope it's a good ending, but I hope it's good entertainment. He's in heaven. If, if he is dead, which I don't I know. I think he's alive. Okay, cool. Well, I'm yeah. done. I don't know. I don't know anything. We'll see. Um, well, what'd you think of the movie? Um, I really liked it. I was surprised that I liked it so much because when yeah. I saw it the first time I didn't have any strong feelings about it it was it came out at a time where every sci-fi movie was about manipulating your concept of time yeah and it felt like when when people make movies about time not being linear it feels like I'm at a bad party and there's some annoying guy talking to me about how he just discovered that time isn't linear and he's trying to get laid off of it and he's trying to sound smart right he's trying to sound like a genius yeah I think Christopher Nolan's stuff often is an attempt to sound really brilliant. Yeah, I know. And um, this was tolerable, though. I, I like this. I watched this when it came out, too. Didn't remember any of it. Yeah. Couldn't remember a thing. I don't even know if you did see it because you, you remembered so little. There is a strong... I, I know that I did see it because I remember the ending. Okay. How he is manipulating the time himself. Oh, so you did actually when that part came on today? I knew that was happening. Cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was I wasn't sure if you would remember that part. I remembered that part. That scene at the end where um Matthew McConaughey goes through a wormhole, he ejects from a spaceship inside a wormhole. And then he is in a room. He's in like a space room and it's like strings. He's on it's hard to explain. He's like on the wrong side of the bookcase in three-dimensional time. He can basically see his daughter's bedroom across time, like at any moment in time. Yeah. So he can um, affect through gravity, and I don't understand the science behind it. You know, well, it's I'm fake. not like Christopher Nolan. I'm not a scientist. Well, we should say this here on the pod. It's fake stuff. Yeah, we the science is fake. We should tell people that Interstellar is fake. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> As good journalists. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not real. But so I remember it because it's such a, a cool scene and um, nothing else is like that. There's n- there's no other movie where a guy is in a black hole and that is represented. No, it was really cool. Um, you kind of see uh, influences from 2001 Space Odyssey in the, when he's like going into the black hole, but it didn't copy it too much. I think like the mm-hmm. imagery itself is different enough to where I didn't feel like he was just copying another movie. Um, did you feel like, cause when I watched it the second time, it did make sense to me. I don't think it did the first time. Okay. Do you feel like it, everything kind of tracked for you as a movie, as a movie, you know, as a movie, it does track, okay. um, an attempt at like making uh, valid scientific points. No, no. But I mean, maybe I, I'm not a scientist, so it's, I'm not, even if it is correct, I'm not smart <laughs> enough to see it. Can we talk about one scientific part of the movie that is funny though? Yeah. Uh, they go onto different planets where time passes at different ages. Yeah. So if uh, if you go onto the planet, like one hour is seven years. Mm-hmm. But then one guy is left on the spaceship. So by the time they get back, it's been like fifty years. <laughs> and it's funny to see actors like interpret what it means to be old because yeah. they like he's like, hey, I haven't seen you in twenty four years, and he's yeah. like he doesn't he doesn't really look older, but he's acting so old. It's such a difficult acting note. It's like, all right, so now 23 years has gone by. What? Yeah, what's the method acting for that? Like, I have to age 24 years? He, he just, yeah, he he kind of has like a, a subdued vibe to him. Yeah. Like, you can't disappoint me now. 
it took you 23 years to come back like he, he's so patient it's like he has unlimited, unlimited patience. patience that's his understanding of being old <laughs> yeah um he just kind of sits there with his legs crossed and his hands crossed he's like mm, yes i've become so wise in the 24 years i've been I jerking off on this spaceship. wise and old <laughs> you'd go crazy is what would happen yeah you, you would just be insane <laughs> he's like i ate all the gravy <laughs> I eat all the good stuff. His beard also should have been way more uh, inappropriate. <laughs> it's just like salt and pepper. Like yeah, he looked black. Good. Yeah, he looked really good actually. Michael Caine also ages. They show like him aging significantly. Yeah, like, they kind of just put him in a wheelchair. Yeah, he. I think his uh, because he's a good actor. Yeah. His depiction of being twenty years older, like from mm -hmm. seventy to ninety, felt kind of believable. He's much better at the twenty-year age gap as an actor. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm not criticizing the actor in the movie i'm just saying it's funny to see someone act what they think old is um it was a really good space movie but it was all it was a it was a nasa propaganda movie it was uh rocket ships are cool space is cool we're not gonna give up on going to space that's the thesis rocket of ships this. are the only logical way to salvation yeah we got to go to space. That's what Nolan's trying to say. We got to yeah. go to space. We can't just hang out here on Earth. No. We got to spend our precious resources going to the wherever. We have to find more planets. If we are a uh, a race that only is on one planet, we're weak. We got to be a multi-planet race. That's what he says. Yeah, it's really weird because throughout the movie, they, they kind of make it seem like taking care of the planet is bad. Which I get it in in this world, taking care of the planet feels kind of hopeless at this point. Yeah, but you know, as a message from a 2013 movie to the world now facing climate change, it's like, let come on, we'll find another one. It's a it's a really dumb message. It's stupid. Yeah, to be like, we weren't meant to live on this earth. Yeah, we were meant to leave this. We earth. were meant to explore. We we were meant to fuck shit up and explore. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it is. It's like a little boy's understanding of. Of it, it is how we're supposed to treat our planet. It's a little bit petulant from uh, the Nolan brothers to give us uh, "Rockets Are Awesome" movie. Rockets are cool, yeah. I did like the way they depicted the future. That's like it turns into the Dust Bowl again. I like that. That was cool. Yeah. There's a part in the beginning where they it's the movie kind of starts off with um, interviews of old people and they're talking about how everything was dusty. Yeah. My initial thought was like. They were interviewing real people had that had been through the depression. Right. Was the Dust Bowl? I'm. I don't know. Was the Dust Bowl like after? I think the Dust Bowl was World War One. That's that's close. Is the depre the depression was after right. World War One? I, I think. I got my phone on me. I can Google it. I think this is important to like look up. This is something I should know. And you know, my phone is fresh because I got a new phone screen on Monday. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, I left you a note. We put it on the Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's a part of our canon that my phone broke on Monday. You left a note in the morning on the kitchen counter that said uh, something like, phone is broke, I'm off the grid, which is, yeah. uh, I I mean, if if I didn't know you, I would have been scared, but I, I knew, <laughs> but I know you're a responsible person, and yeah. I know like you didn't go crazy. No, I didn't lose my mind. <laughs> I just lost my connection to the outside world. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, I finished work. My phone <clears throat> broke on a shift at work. Um, and you see what happened was, uh, my phone had already had cracks in it and that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. But my coffee cup, cold brew leaked and it's work issued coffee cup and it leaked and then my phone got wet and then I had to fix my phone. Yeah. 
So I was off the grid. Well, you say work issued is just the cup is from work. The cup is from work. Yeah. And you're you not know, like in the military. This wasn't like an, a pink cup that was issued to you. <laughs> no, it doesn't have like my name on it. But yeah, this Impl- is implicitly though. It does, uh, you know, the your workplace is, you know, backing this cup. They're yeah, saying this I, cup is good. And, and you know, I, I like going to work and having a work cup. I could bring my own, you know, in the car coffee cup with me, but I like having a work issued. I like getting to work and them having stuff for me to use. Yeah, no, it's cool. I I agree. Um, and so it betrayed me, and it and it uh, <laughs> broke my phone. And you're so betrayed I did, in a lot of ways. You're betrayed by your phone. Yeah, by the coffee itself. Yeah, you're the thing you enjoy. Yeah, I know you like coffee, and then the then the cup. Yeah, I had to throw away the cup, and you know, there's there's only so many cups at work. Yeah, so now we're down a cup, and now you know, there's like people who don't know the story at your job that are just you're like, like Sam th- fucking threw away. He a threw cup. away the cup. Yeah, I like that cup, and you're exactly. like, no, I did you a favor. That phone that messed yeah. up my phone. Yeah, it broke my phone. So I I was flying blind for the rest of my shift, and then I came home and I wrote a note because you couldn't communicate with me. No there would have been no way. Yeah. So I wanted uh, you to know that I was not ghosting you if there was an <laughs> attempt at communication. Yeah. Um, That's nice. So I wrote you a... I used some Civil War technology to leave you a note. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I do like timestamps for the podcast and you clip stuff. Yeah. I do it on pen and... I'm kind of a pen and paper guy. Which is fine by me. I don't mind. And so when my phone breaks, expect some some old school pen to paper type communication. I like that you resort to that. Like, you know that that's still an option because yes. most people don't think of it. Probably mm-hmm. they're yeah. not like, Hey, I could still communicate with people via letters and yeah. <laughs> pieces of paper notes and notes, <laughs> notes and time and uh, hearsay and gossip. <laughs> yeah. So Word that, mouth. that was my, that was my Monday. I walked around for about eight hours with no phone felt light. I felt like I was floating around really an enlightening afternoon for me on monday that's good i mean you probably felt good just uh not looking at social media i'm guessing yeah getting getting texts and just like when you have your phone you could always be doing something yeah i could always be sending an email or a message or doing something or vice versa someone could be attempting to contact me so once you take that off the table as an option it's like oh okay I'm not... I have to write letters to everyone now. My opportunity <laughs> cost is very low. I can't do anything. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah. The drought came in three waves of the Dust Bowl. Okay. 1934, 1936, and then 1939. Okay, so this was between World War One and Two. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, I thought that at the beginning of the movie, they were interviewing real old people uh, who had yeah. been through the Dust oh, Bowl. Oh, they were real old, though. They were really old. <laughs> <laughs> they tricked me. Um, they tricked. The, these weren't the fake old. This is not the actors pretending to be old. These were actual old people. You can tell the difference. Yeah, but so your thought was that maybe they actually experienced the Dust Bowl. Yeah, and I still do think it's like a commentary on the yeah. Dust Bowl. I think they are referencing that. Yeah. In the movie, and they theoretically could be right. Yeah. It's not too old for those people to still be existing. Yeah, theoretically. Um. I don't know. I don't know what else I want to say about the movie. I liked it. I thought it was good. You know, I, I, I know it's pro NASA. I know it's basically like gravity with Sandra Bullock meets Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. There are like every, like Matthew McConaughey's thing is that he's really a good pilot. 
Yeah. And so like every now and then he has to do something that you're right. It's like we're using a bunch of science and math to do rocket stuff. But then every now and then McConaughey is like, all right, I'm going to go manual I'm going to go manual. They say that like five <laughs> times in the movie. All right, I'm going to go manual. Yeah, and then he does some like Star Wars type maneuvers. Yeah. You so need, that's fun. It is it is fun. And you kind of need that in a movie to make it fun. You need a, you need a person who's, uh, you know, who's going to do his own thing. Yeah. He's not going to rely on the machines, basically. No. I really like this movie too and i'm glad that we ventured into sci-fi i think that's good i think we were avoiding it for a while yeah maybe you didn't want to go into sci-fi i probably suggested it once or twice because i like sci-fi yeah um i think maybe i'm i was scared of it (laughs) and you should be yeah because the science is fake yeah (laughs) and (laughs) and there's a, a bunch of people pretending to be old it's also good that we watch this because this is the mcconaughey golden years yes and it's important to relive these years. It is like uh, this was Lincoln Lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, all those Wal- Lincoln commercials Wal- that he did. <laughs> that was like the golden age. <laughs> Some of his best work. <laughs> it was just being the the Lincoln. the guy who sold Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. You remember that movie I was in? Um, <laughs> now I'm doing an ad that's something mostly unrelated. <laughs> you brought up something really funny when we were watching this movie that. Um, Wait, what's the what's the movie called? Days and Confused. Days. This is like the opposite of Days and Confused, where McConaughey is always hanging out at high school, and he's like, you know what I like about high school? Yeah, I keep getting older, and they stay the same age. Right. This is the opposite because he's traveling to planets where everyone else is aging except for him. Yeah, <laughs> so. he stays the same age, and his daughter becomes ninety years old. <laughs> yeah, which I would pref- I would prefer my daughter to age and die before me. And I get to stay the same age. I prefer that In lifestyle. Both sci-fi universes, uh, the one where you stay the same age and the world ages around you is much more endearing than the being opposite. A, being a weirdo that wants being to have fr- sex with 17-year-old yeah. girls. Being a predator. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I like the movie. I thought it was good. I like McConaughey in it too. I think he was good. Um, it was a good movie. John Lithgow was really good. I really like John Lithgow. Who's that? Uh, he's the he's the grandpa. Oh, okay, yeah, like he his, is great. He's really good. He's good. And Michael Caine was good. Oh, and you know who was good? Matt Damon was good. And Matt Damon's really good. Maybe can we end just talking about him for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, he's a really funny villain. He's hilarious. They get to the planet where he's on, and he's been selling sending false signals saying that there's like livable like life on this planet. Yeah, that they could actually settle there. And by the time they get there, they're like, "This is like the Antarctic. Nobody can live here." Yeah, and he faked all the data. Yeah, and then his plan is basically to get rescued, yeah. kill everybody on the rescue team, right. and then take the ship back to Earth. Yeah, which is so cool. I want to see that movie. Actually, I want to yeah. see what that movie. That's the beginning of the movie. That's really cool. Agreed. I'd like to. See see him go back to earth and just be like a hero yes he's like the buzz aldrin and, for the rest of time you know you know what it could be like the flight with denzel it's yeah. a little bit like that kind of oh, oh but he's still he's an actual villain but yeah he yeah he he has such a funny tone the entire time that he's like <laughs> that he's always killing. giving he's always giving like advice yeah while he's like yeah betraying these people all to save himself he's he's like there's like the scene where he betrays matthew mcconaughey and like kind of tries to beat him up um the entire time he's just like just like beating him up beating him up and like cracks his shield to his like space suit and then 
Matthew McConaughey is like suffocating and he's just walking away and he's like, you're going to be okay, okay? Like, I'm going to turn off the radio now. I don't want to hear you die. I thought I could handle it, but I can't. It's like, it's yeah. so funny. He's such a coward. <laughs> he's so pathetic. It's And then I, he has a really satisfying death where he like tries to connect to space stations and it doesn't work and he <laughs> he's just really, opens the door and blows up. Because he's really bad at like flying the ship because he's like been in cryo for like seven years <laughs> or for like 20 years. Um, so he's like really bad at flying the ship and he just can't get it to like latch onto it. This is also like a very long movie. Yeah. This is the first movie that we watched in two parts. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice to have a villain arc that lasts about 10 minutes and he sucks the whole time and dies immediately. It was really fun. It's really refreshing in a movie that, um, can kind of get monotonous. Yeah. Cause um, they're just, they're always in space, which is cool. In, they're in space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like the movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock. I think it's really boring, but this movie came out probably around the same time, and it's very good. Yeah, I want to say this um, came out before it. I think so. And then they were like, "Let's do, let's do this again." This is a but good worse. space movie. We can't do better than this as yeah. far as a space movie. Um, and this really unlocked my potential for what a movie could be in 2015. Really? Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna watch. I don't know, um, but. We're not going to be... Here's the thing. It's like, thanks to your brother, I will say your brother did get us out of this yeah. uh, kind of idea of having to do something that was like like year specific. Yeah. He expanded our consciousness. And now I'm excited to figure out what it's going to be. I don't know. Yeah. It could be anything. It could truly be anything. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I'm excited for whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, should we move to the modern world? Yes. Let's, let's come back from the future to the present. Uh, a war broke out. Um, I shouldn't say broke out. Resurged, I would say. Uh, Israel has declared war on Palestine after an attack from Hamas about a week ago. Um, excited is certainly the wrong word, but I'm happy to talk about it on the podcast, which I know will get released in five days. Yeah. Opposed to tweeting a brilliant thought. No. The that if it doesn't receive immediate engagement... It's a failure of a communication to the world. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter. You're you're still on Twitter. Right? Yeah, I mean, I will so. I will go down with that ship. I think it is a, a disgrace. But I like what are reading people, stuff. What are people posting? I just need more context for what you mean. Like people just is it comedians? Like they're posting smart stuff. I think yeah, it's comedians and everybody in a sense. Um, like even everybody in Congress is kind of like compelled to say something. Uh, everyone just has to come out with their own personal statement of what they think about war. And not that anyone is particularly wrong or right. I mean, of course, people are wrong and right. But I just mean that everyone feels the need to say their piece. Yeah. And it's nice to say it in a delayed fashion. Yeah, it gives time for people to fact check us, tell us how wrong we are, <laughs> and uh, realize that we are not an actual news source. <laughs> no, yeah, all of that um, is true. Yeah. Um, but we're still going to say what we think about it. Yeah, I still consumed a lot of that news. It, it becomes your world. And like, if you read news or listen to news, or your phone breaks at work and you got to listen to NPR for three hours, um, this is all you consume. I think, I think this is, for me, the the point of the show like if you would have talked to me this isn't my first time like researching israel and palestine the last time that there was uh that the like violence was breaking out i started researching it but i'm also a kind of person where a bunch of people are talking about something i don't want to talk about it sure so 
this breaks my habit of doing that kind of yeah i think that's good it takes us out of yeah it becomes a huge turnoff when the entire timeline is saying the same things over and over again why comment um i am happy to have this format to say what i think yeah i'll say some things that i think we both agreed on okay Uh, we agree that palestine or gaza is a prison state yes it's a prison not even a state yes it's a prison that's created by israel they are completely in control of the resources that go in and out of Gaza. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see where, once this podcast comes out, we'll see where their resources are at. Um, but as of now, as of Wednesday, the 10th, the 11th, um, I think they've run out of fuel. Okay. Um, I will also say we probably both agree that uh, violence is bad. Violence is bad. Yeah. Killing um, civilians is bad. Killing civilians, killing Israeli citizens is bad. And then uh, retaliating and killing uh, people in Gaza is bad. I think I think everybody agrees with that. But I think people get mixed up in that part of the conversation where it's like, well, they did this first. So I don't think there's really much more that needs to be said about that. Right. But <clears throat> that's bad. Um, and I don't know. I th- I'll say this for myself. I think... Uh, terrorism is happening on both directions i think hamas is right a terrorist group basically yes. uh and they're like terrorizing because they're killing innocent civilians in uh in israel and then also what israel has been doing to palestine yes is terrorism but we don't call it that because it's a country it's state sanctioned terrorism state sanctioned terrorism that happens on a daily basis it's american funded terrorism yeah and so it gets branded differently. Yeah. Um, but yes, the initial numbers of deaths that came out from the initial Hamas terrorist attack is around a thousand, and now the people who have been killed in Gaza has already exceeded a thousand. Yeah, from bombs. That's that's the other thing is I think we both agree that uh, Israel has more power, much more power. Yes. Uh, disproportionately way more power than um hamas does or just whatever you want to call it palestine does yes so they have a lot it's of a one-sided uh it's not a one-sided conflict but as far as a power dynamic it is one-sided and this is the only war that's going on where the opposing side can shut off the electricity <laughs> to yeah. the uh, their opponent yeah exactly um <clears throat> i feel like i don't know if this metaphor is good but it's like we imprison people in america right like we have a prison industrial complex where we imprison disproportionately like black and brown like Mm -hmm. young men basically and it's like if we did that and then we also started like bombing them right (laughs) and also if there were like a bunch of kids in those jails too the average age in gaza right now is 14 years old so young yeah the average age in america is 38 really yeah that's crazy we're gonna we're old as hell we're old as hell yeah want to feel old america's 38 (laughs) Yeah, so um, just a demographic uh, difference. Israel, the average age is 30. Yeah. So there's, I think, somewhere around 40% of uh, the population of Gaza is children. It's also super densely populated as well. It's just a bunch of people crammed into a really small space. Right, and they cannot leave. Although they are suggested to leave. That's a thing that Israel does, is they will drop pamphlets before they drop bombs 
suggesting uh, to evacuate the area. Yeah, and it's like, where are they going to go? They're not allowed to leave. Yeah, we're into the ocean. I don't even know if that would be allowed. <laughs> like, where did? The, yeah, where where can they? go? I think if they all a collection of them got on a boat to leave, they say you can't. do You that. can't do that either. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's allowed. No. Yeah. Um, hey, we're gonna drop some bombs. Mm-hmm. You should you should get out of here. <laughs> and they're like, we can't leave. And they're like, that's not our purpose. Well, that's not our problem. We're not. Bo- yeah. We can't build boats for you. <laughs> well, it's like, can you just let us in the other side? And they're like, no. Okay, you don't belong here. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not your home. <laughs> okay. No. Um, my experience listening to NPR is the first time I've listened to NPR in a while. Yeah, they make me feel so bad. They make oh, really? Me so badly. Yeah, and I think they should because of war. Uh, starts up and um the tone should be very somber but i didn't do anything no yeah you didn't do anything and that's should be on the record you didn't i have do no anything. role in this you have no role in this although really. i do pay taxes and so i guess i do fund israel in some i way. i guess i do too i don't pay all my taxes though so i <laughs> so you put a note with your taxes none of this don't, goes to israel i don't want any of this going to the iron dome <laughs> none of this should fund the iron dome which I gotta say, the Iron Dome. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a great name for a war device. It's, Iron Dome is cool. It sounds like a robot's penis. The Iron Dome. That's the Iron. <laughs> the Iron Dome is what we uh, refer to as the studio of perfect politics. We are inside the Iron Dome. I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay if we steal the Iron Dome for us. Like the Situation Room, isn't that like a political show? The situation room yeah what is the situation room i don't know i think it's just a show where people like blabber at each other but okay. we we're the iron dome yeah that is our that is our slogan though iron sharpens iron iron sharpens iron we don't talk about our slogan but no but people can feel uh the iron sharpening the iron <laughs> you can feel it yeah. episode after episode uh-huh I, so with with your thing on the news sources i looked at npr was mm-hmm. one of my sources and then al jazeera was the only other one that i looked at and then maybe like one cnn article okay um what i noticed between npr and al jazeera is npr focused and also this is what the outlet focuses on is what's happening in the news cycle i looked at npr a little bit earlier so they were focusing more on some of the tragedies that were happening in israel and the and the civilians that were killed there yeah then al jazeera was focusing more on the retaliation and the damage that was caused by israel in palestine or in gaza right um so i know there's one uh journalist who works for al jazeera in gaza who was specifically targeted in a bombing i saw that yeah and uh i believe nine as of now nine un officials have been killed in gaza okay nine u.s officials un officials un officials yeah okay got it um, there are like UN, <clears throat> I was just looking at a quick, quick map and there are like UN funded schools, maybe. Yeah. There's some resources that the UN provides to Gaza. Right. So that's why, maybe that's why there's, that's why they're there. Officials there. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, they, let's, let's be honest. Every news outlet's going to make you feel bad Yeah. about uh, what's going on. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. That's their job. True. The news is designed to make you feel bad, not only with their news stories, but also with how hard the crosswords are. (laughs) (laughs) They make them hard to make you feel bad. Um, And how unfunny Garfield is nowadays. That's also designed to make you feel bad. Oh, I didn't know that was true. Is that Garfield fell off? I don't listen. I haven't read Garfield for a while. Because he fell off? I think so. Damn. 
I know it's a hard stance to take. That might be the hardest stance I take on today's episode. Garfield fell off. Garfield fell off. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is it, was there anything else? Uh, I had one thing about the reporting on Gaza. So there's a lot of like fake stuff on the internet. Yeah, because people just circulate fake videos and stuff. There's yes. a, there's a video of a Hamas fighter shooting down an Israeli helicopter, but it's like from a video game called Arma Three, and yeah. people just thought it was like a real thing that right. happened. Um, Twitter, we talked about this last week. They don't have a department to cross check or fact check anything anymore. No, what they rely on is other people, other users to fact check each other, which is the dumbest system in my yeah. opinion. It's connected to Elon Musk's claim that everyone is just their own journalist and he's creating a, a chaotic uh, pile of shit. Yeah. Um, but some of my friends still write funny jokes on his website, so yes, I still read it. They do. They do. I'm, I'm go- I feel like this is a great opportunity for uh, fake fact checkers to exist. Yeah. So I'm going to, cre- I'm going to become a fake fact checker where I, sp- where I, uh, spew propaganda. Okay. So some of my profile names, I'm going to be called Mr. Fact Checker. And yeah. it's going to be like a guy with a, it's, he's going to be white. He can't be my face, but no. it's just going to be a white guy with a, th- maybe a cartoon. I think all of your profiles should be white guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, but my next one is called Ms. Suspicious. Okay. And she's, and she's kind of like, She's a little, you know, she's got her finger up. Are in the they air. married? Or are these two? They're fake? married. Yeah. And they, and they, <laughs> so they're married and they also comment on each other. Um, they agree on most things, but right. they do, they also fact check each other oh, often. Okay. I like that. So, and yeah, most of the, most of what they uh, report on is uh, AI generated <laughs> images <laughs> of the war in Gaza. Oh, no. <laughs> so. I gotta make a living, man. You know. Yeah, I mean, you all, we all gotta get it how we can. It's gonna cost me money too. That's eight dollars per blue check mark for both profiles. Okay. <laughs> and of course, I mean, that's not your only profiles you're gonna have. So. No, no, I'm gonna have hundreds, and that's not counting how much uh, time I'm spending on Truth Social, right. <laughs> spreading propaganda. No, you're. I mean, we've talked about uh, how busy you are so far. <laughs> you're the busiest man I've ever met. <laughs> I'm really busy on Truth Social. I just post. Uh, <laughs> Uh, video game footage from Mortal Kombat and I say look at what Hamas is doing to Israel and it's just Sub-Zero <laughs> freezing Scorpion and I say this is unacceptable this is a war crime this is a war crime what Scorpio does so it's, <laughs> he he's saying get over here <clears throat> um, so that's one of my new uh, hobbies and uh, businesses I don't know I don't know what else I wanted to say about Israel-Palestine stuff I don't know if I have any smart thoughts, I guess, left on it. Um, I don't think I do. I know that at the northern border, the Israeli Defense Force has dropped white phosphorus on uh, Lebanon, which is a war crime. White phosphorus is a chemical warfare. It's chemical warfare, so uh, deemed by the UN as uh, a war crime. That's right. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think that just supports further that they are a terrorist organization right. yeah. i mean what they're doing is terrorism i think that's terrorism uh my last thing might be is you know a little bit more about this but the west bank just because that's not getting any uh yeah. coverage right now because i don't think there's any like um violence in the west bank right now right but that's the other part of palestine yeah palestine has two parts one is gaza which is effectively an open-air prison and then the other is the west bank which um is not a prison and it is not ruled by Hamas. Hamas uh, being the 
Islamic terrorist group that runs uh, Palestine in Gaza. Yeah. I don't know the name of the other government, but it's a it's I a don't know dif- it's a different government that um, yeah. runs it. Yes, and they they don't agree with Hamas. Correct. Okay. Um, one thing I know about the West Bank is like uh, the Israeli government is putting up a lot of like homes and like apartment complexes there, and they want people from outside of Israel to move there. They want, I, I guess, Jewish people because you were telling me that like you can move to Israel if you're Jewish. Yes, it's a Jewish state. So so people are very tempted to move because it's a beautiful, it's really beautiful over there. It's beautiful, and the government subsidizes your move. Yes, so it's cheap, and you it's cheap, and you can just live in a very nice. Your you and your family can live in a very nice place. So it is a. Uh, I guess that's colonialism. That's colonizing uh, the other part of that's colonizing Palestine, basically. Right. And then there's also like really aggressive settlers who go into the West Bank and they just like force people out of there. There's a lot of videos of that um, of people just like forcing people out of their houses and being like, "This is Israel," and like, uh, you know, I think those people are extremists. Um, I'm not saying that's like the average everyday Jewish person or Israeli person is doing that. But, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if you take it upon yourself to force people out of their home, yeah, that's extreme. I think I think all of this started also because some of these ex, uh, Israeli extremists were going into I, I forget the name of the mosque, but like one of the major mosques, uh, Palestinian mosques, right? Um, so that kind of was. Some people are saying that's kind of what spurred some of this violence. Okay, uh, was that like it wasn't it wasn't a violent thing, but it was just like a it was like them going into the mosque and being annoying (laughs) right (laughs) um but yeah that's that's all i really know about the west bank um yeah i know that's where jerusalem is yeah and that is uh declared an international zone kind of international zone um i think we should go to jerusalem we should we should do some uh, boots on the ground boots on the ground reporting well you know we've talked about doing one field trip so far uh (laughs) as a podcast and it is not to jerusalem it is to west coast customs Oh yeah, <laughs> just to check it out. So, so we're only doing West places. Yeah, we'll go to the West Bank or West Coast Customs. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll, we'll put a poll on our Instagram. We're gonna go to West Coast Customs and ask them what they think about the West Bank. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys do any car stuff there? <laughs> do you guys have a West Coast Customs in the West Bank? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we drive by West Coast Customs, which is a, a mecca of customizing cars famously yeah. responsible for pimp my ride mm-hmm. and um we we both really want to go it's near burbank it's in burbank yeah if you go from our house which we won't tell you where it is to burbank airport which i also won't tell you where that is <laughs> no but if <laughs> you, you have to find that on your own if you do that route you do pass west coast customs okay well uh we'll go we'll go I think we should do it. All right. Um, should we go on to some other news stories? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do uh, California's banning food additives. So Gavin Newsom banned four food additives that are all linked to diseases. I'm not going to say what all four of them are, but one of them is red dye three, which uh-huh. is on a lot of candy and stuff. Yeah. Um, so one of the one of the candies that they specifically mentioned is being affected by this is Pez. Heartbreaking. Which is sad. Yeah. It's. I thought... I thought Pez was natural, really, like in my mind. I thought Pez was good. When I hear about uh, chemicals being banned by the government... Not Pez. I normally think that's yeah. a good thing because... Me too. If you deem it to be something that should be banned, you're probably right. Uh, but Pez? Come on. They're, They're not hurting. Pez? They're not hurting anybody. 
Pez ain't never hurt nobody. Pez is a good candy. Yes. It tastes good. Yes. My take on Pez that I was telling you earlier is that I don't like Pez dispensers necessarily. Yeah. I don't like the stigma of eating Pez without the dispenser. I feel like people would look at me strange if I did that. So I don't buy Pez as much as I'd like to. I think you're right. I. But I'm a man. I'm an adult man. I can't be eating you know Pez out of a Tasmanian devil. I want to say I had that one. I think that was a very popular one. I think one. I had a Taz um Taz was Taz huge. dispenser. Yeah. I think it's also gross. Like it's cool to have a toy to come with your candy, but it's like a it's like a gun clip. It's like a magazine for a pistol that you put your candy into. Yeah. You got to clean it like a marine every you, single time you eat Pez. That's right. You blindfold yourself, you put it on the table, you have to disassemble it within 20 seconds otherwise. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, U- the US Marine Corps calls you and they revoke. They steal all your Pez. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're taking your Taz Pez. No. <laughs> <laughs> There should, be, there should be background checks to get Pez dispensers. There should be. I, I guarantee you America has will eventually have more background checks for Pez buying <laughs> than for guns. <laughs> more for uh, red three die than for uh, semi-automatic rifles. Yeah. it's uh, Sir, it says here that uh, you have a history of bipolar disorder. I don't think we can sell you this... Um, <laughs> this uh, cat dog <laughs> Pez dispenser. <laughs> so um, it's sad though that you know I you said that twenty twenty seven is when this is enacted. Yeah, we could stock up on Pez. We could we could do the same thing that people do with uh, bullets and guns when like they're like oh man there's gonna be a tax on bullets and we stock up when there's a school shooting. Uh, more guns are sold. Yeah, because of the fear of them getting taken when away. When Obama was elected into office, more guns were sold because yeah. they thought that he was going to pass uh, more strict gun regulation. So the question is, will this lead to a huge boom in uh, Pez? It will purchased? in this household. It will in this. <laughs> this household's going to stock up on Pez. It's also funny when the timeline is so long. We've talked about it, how... Like the oil regulations for car companies, it's like you have to make all of your cars electric by yeah. twenty forty five. Yeah, <laughs> and then like the commercial for the cars, like get this ridiculous beast. Yeah, before they go away, the last great V eight ever. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna want to get this before we before the before the libs take it away. <laughs> yeah, and they give them so much time. Anytime that there's like a policy like this, it's like, yeah, um, by uh, the year 3000, you're going to have to reduce carbon emissions by 10%. <laughs> and then everybody's like, ah, really? I mean, Fuck. come on. All right, well, we're going to burn it all now then. Yeah. Shit. I hate big government. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have so much time. Can't burn my trash anymore? Yeah. Well, no, you can. You have 10 years. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't get all, I can't get rid of all of it in 10 years. <laughs> it's like they give these people so much leeway. <laughs> to do all this stuff it doesn't feel fair so in you know four to five years time we will mourn the um very acutely adjusted uh ingredients to pez they'll probably <laughs> yeah. change it in well, a way we can't even tell no that's you're you're actually right i was reading the article and a lot of uh a lot of candy companies that a lot of candies that are getting banned in california now due to this already have different ingredients in europe 
they sell the exact same candy with with none right. of these deadly ingredients. Yeah. The scientists <laughs> in other countries with more respect for themselves yeah. have already been like, hey, this is this is bad. And they're like, okay, that's no problem. We know that too. Yeah. So we'll fix that. We'll make a Skittles for French people. <laughs> French Skittles. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, like you know, American politicians are like, I guess you want those uh, gay ass French Skittles. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Be my guest. Go ahead, if that's what you want. I mean, if you want to be a little, you know, fruity, uh, if you want those fruity (laughs) Portuguese lifesavers. (laughs) The testosterone of this company or this country will dip if we start having all of this European candy. If we get rid of red dye three and propyl parabens. I, I wanted to tell you my joke was going to be that I was going to read off all. I'll do the joke. Uh, okay. So the four uh, additives that are being um, getting that they're getting rid of are brominated vegetable oil, potassium bromate, propylaparaben, and red dye three. My four favorite foods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did that bit. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clip. <laughs> yeah, clip that. Clip that. It's just us. We have to clip it. <laughs> we don't have anyone to do it. Clip that. Clip that. <laughs> That's for you listening to this later. Yeah, I just listened to the audio. Okay, and you're just like, yeah, all right, I got it. <laughs> Past self is bossing around future self. It's kind of like Interstellar. It is inter- Interstellar, <laughs> yeah. That's a big, that is our Interstellar moment. Um, another, my last detail about this news story is that it's is it Coke, uh, Pepsi, Dunkin' and Panera are like voluntary pulling, voluntarily pulling all these additives already without okay. anybody telling them to. Right. So they must be pretty bad if they're doing it on purpose. Or they know it's coming and they want to be able to look at us. Maybe. Look at us being proactive. Maybe. Maybe they don't want to get sued either. Maybe these, maybe these additives are like actually dangerous. Maybe they've agreed to take out the additives and it was like, no, 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 but it, in the news, it has to be our decision to take it out. Actually, maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm reading it now, and it was in a news article, which means that they probably reached out to somebody. It was like, yeah, if you guys don't say you're taking it out in six months, we're going to say we forced you to take it out. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm, gl- I'm glad the Dunkin' uh, Blueberry Munchkins don't have a pl- propylaparaben anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people stuffing <laughs> donut holes into their face care about I, these. I... Um, like candy and i don't care if it's good or bad for me if the old school formula tastes good i will stock up i think i am the same way i will stock up on pez if pez is cancerous but it's good it's like the old school four loco situation i will stock up i feel that way about like coke zero if they come out and they're like we're gonna we gotta change the flavor of coke zero yeah i'm gonna be like no i'm buying a bunch because it's this is the this is tastes like coke right so yep i don't care I don't stock up on candy now. I've I just binge eat it. I have a problem. Yeah. I don't keep too much candy in the house. Don't keep too much booze in the house. No, you don't. We, neither of us do. I I wanted to say something earlier about the farmers market. Okay. I don't like hippies. No. I don't like old hippies. No. I don't like old hippie men because they act like they're more progressive because they're like I smoke weed and I only eat organic, but it's like I I don't care. <laughs> that doesn't affect me. That affects your body. I don't care if you do those things. Yeah, it is selfish attitude and behavior. I think I would rather hang out with an old conservative uh, guy. 
yeah. versus an old hippie guy because he probably eats red meat and drinks alcohol. Yeah. But he doesn't run his mouth off all the time about doing yoga and all the different things he's doing. No, he, he doesn't uh, act pretentious about his lifestyle. No. We I'm not saying I agree with his politics, but I'm just saying that I would might rather hang out with that guy. I had a hippie type figure um, come up to the side. Every farmer's market, uh, <laughs> they're littered. Every every farmer's market is it's open air. I mean, it's like tent city. Like it almost looks like a home homeless encampment, except for everyone's rich selling stuff. Yeah. So there's really no barriers to your tent setup, but no. there are rules. Like there there's, are there's un unsaid rules. There are unsaid rules that you don't approach me from the side. Um, certainly not from behind. <laughs> certainly you. Who's coming? There you're like selling bread, and somebody's and like someone's like behind hey, you. Yeah. Like, hey, can I get one? <laughs> like no. Where you're? You, yeah, you're yeah. in between the truck and me. You're trespassing <laughs> yeah. somehow. There's no laws around it, but you're trespassing. No, I believe that stand your ground laws should apply oh, to the yeah. farmer's market when somebody comes behind you. I've never had that happen to me, well, but that's really lame. That's, I mean, yeah. So um, behind has never really happened. People like don't enter the tent from behind, <laughs> but from the side, people will try and get your attention. And they're talk trying to, you. to get in, yeah. It's like there's a line of people uh, attempting to purchase the product in front of the cash register. This hippie type figure came up from the side and he goes you know you guys should put weed in that bread <laughs> and i was like yeah and, he, and i was and he was like and i was like why sure. mm. and he was like weed and bread what's better than that and i'm like i'm like holding someone else's money at you're the trying moment. to do I, math <laughs> doing your transactions yeah and i'm just like yeah yeah weed in the bread would be groundbreaking be killer i'll tell my boss mm-hmm <laughs> That was my hippie interaction yesterday. I hate them. <laughs> That's They're the, the type worst. of people who think they can talk to you at a farmer's market from the side of your stand. Yeah. It's like, do you work for a restaurant? No, I'm just hanging. I just love this place. Yeah, we all love it. We all love the farmer's market. All right? Put some shoes on. Take the Tevas off and put some tennis shoes on. You're, you're, you're 70. You should be wearing New Balances. <laughs> And take your bicycle helmet off. <laughs> yeah, they never do. That is funny. People don't take their bicycle helmet off. They leave it on. They have the sunglasses on still. Um, they're pitting. They're just like, he's like, he's like, are these strawberries good? I don't know. I don't know. You Not try anymore one. now that you're holding them yeah. in your hand weird. You're, you're sweating on them. <laughs> There's sweat and sunscreen being poured over my delicious raspberries. <clears throat> like they can't afford them. <laughs> Um, it's fun to vent about the farmer's market. Yeah. I, I like it though. <clears throat> I like the farmer's market. It's nice. I do too. As far as jobs go, it's not a bad one to have. No, and I like the community. I just don't like hippies. There's um there's one more thing we could talk about. Yeah. Didn't do any research on this really. It's okay. Mo- it's more of a headline, but they did some uh, research on on mice and uh, female mice. They when they have kids when they're pregnant and they have children their brain chemistry changes due to a couple of different hormones that okay. are released and i think uh it's it feels like an article that came out in the 60s <laughs> you know just to be like oh if you get pregnant you get different hormones that's yeah. nuts yeah you, you, you biologically <laughs> you're paired with your child you know that's what women are supposed to be doing they're supposed to be their brains change they get all loopy 
<laughs> yeah, barely an individual anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the brains change. They can't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at these mice. They don't leave. <laughs> They're perfectly happy. They love the cage. Yeah. Um, the other scientific fact about that is that uh, men, when after men have children, their testosterone decreases significantly. Yeah. I don't know. I think that might be... Uh, a coincidence It could be Just because of age you were saying Yeah if you have kids you're getting older And th- when you get older You just lose testosterone I think maybe or maybe you have your kid And you're like I don't really need to have I don't really know what testosterone's for I'll be honest but maybe it's because you're like I don't need to have sex anymore I already had I did my biological imperative of having a kid True you know? Um. So maybe that's part of it that makes sense to me. I don't know. I'm going to buy a couple mice at Petco. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to make them have sex, and then I'll report my findings. <laughs> and I'm going to buy some mice, and I'm going to make them eat Pez, and I'll report my findings. <laughs> this is good. Our whole podcast studio will just be filled with... <laughs> it's just going to be like mice, and it's just going to be full with uh, just our experiments that we have. I, I, I do want to, before we leave, I, I would like to be an adult who conducts experiments that seems like a cool personality. Should we do have. an experiment for the pod? Yeah, I would. That'd be fun. Okay. I don't know what I want to do or what I want to research, but me neither. But this is a good uh, moment to hold ourselves accountable in the future. Okay. Perfect Politics will do an experiment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect Politics is going to an a- attempt something with maybe beakers, beakers, uh, maybe and... a potion of some sort. <laughs> We're gonna make a potion. <laughs> That's kind. That's on the table. We haven't decided what we're gonna do yet. No, but we are gonna do an experiment. Yeah, where we learn something. Yeah, there's will, gonna be smoke. Yeah, there will be hair of dog in it, <laughs> <laughs> tooth of wolf. Um, um, I don't know what I want to. I don't know what I want to research. But I think if we do an experiment, I would like to follow the scientific method. So yeah, like creating a hypothesis, having yes. a control. Yes. Uh, whatever the other one is. Yeah, a we're variable. gonna do it like sixth grade all over again. Yeah, we're gonna do it legit. I could even like we could we could Google um a hundred experiments for precocious children. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know I know what's gonna happen. We we will just end up making slime. <laughs> I, I know I know our personalities, and we will make slime. <laughs> We will ignore the entire scientific method and create some sort of goop. I bet, yeah. Um, I'm but, okay with that. Would you say that Interstellar is our first non-heist movie, or was there a heist committed? I don't know. I, it feels like a heist movie in a weird way. He saves the world. Saving the world is like a heist in itself. Yeah, I think there's a heist element to it because he does like eject himself into a black hole, yep. and then there is like he is working. He's got with, a crew. He's got a crew, and he's working with his daughter. They're trying to steal. What are they trying to steal? A planet? Maybe they're trying to. They steal, are stealing a planet. We're trying to inhabit a new. We're trying Earth. to steal a planet. Yeah, we are trying to steal the formula for gravity. Yeah. It's um time travel, yes. Whatever I don't know, whatever the science was. Um. So yeah, I I would say I'm gonna put it in the categorization of uh, I'm gonna say it's a, a heist movie, like a vague, vaguely heist, vague movie. heist movie. Vague. We haven't broken the streak yet. I don't think so. <clears throat> cool. Do we have time for a benefit of the doubt? I'll do a benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. We're attempting to give the benefit of the doubt to Ron DeSantis. 
Okay. Oh, wait, is it? What's his name? George Santos. George Santos. Yeah. Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida. Also, let me make sure that George is his name because I wrote down Greg earlier. Yeah, I think I it is George. Sure. Yeah, uh, Ron DeSantis, governor of Georgia, he gets no benefit of the doubt. He's not me. getting benefit of the doubt. But George Santos, who is a um, Republican um, congressman in the House of Representatives yeah. for New York. Yeah, he represents Queens. He represents Queens. He's being uh, the U.S. attorney uh, added an additional 10 counts of conspiracy, wire fraud, false statements, identity theft, and some other charges. Um, recently, he was charged with other stuff before that. Yeah. Um, he's charged with stealing people's identity and making don- uh, charges on uh, his his own donor's credit cards without their authorization. Right. So his he's got the credit card numbers from his donors. Yeah. And every now and then <clears throat> some of that money ends up in his account. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I do because he has a history of this type of fraud. Yeah. Um, uh, there's uh, in 2010 he confessed to committing check fraud in Brazil mm-hmm. uh, that he did in 2008. Um, 2017 he was. That's what sh- caused him to leave Brazil, and okay. he, that's when he went moved to Queens. Okay, gotcha. And then in 2017, <laughs> that is funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know he came from Brazil. <clears throat> 2017 he was uh, charged for. Uh, theft for writing bad checks to dog breeders yep um and now he's stealing from his donors yeah so he hasn't changed we have this country has changed this country is um rebelling against him he's running the same scam since 2008 he's a check scam guy and he's probably he's probably been doing it before then too yes you know um, I like to think that he was going into corner stores, you know, like saying like, oh, my, my Snickers bar had a rat on it or something and just like getting, I'm sure he was doing little scams his whole life. You know? I, I think so too. I think he's been doing this, this type of scamming his whole life. He's a little scamp. He has not changed. We have. So we're giving him the benefit of the doubt for staying true to who he is, which is a criminal scumbag. He's a criminal scumbag. And the thing is, I do think that he should be take, he should be fired. He should not be a congressman. Uh, yeah, people are upset with US. him because he hasn't resigned. Yeah. Why would he resign? That's a, that's why we're giving Kick him, him the out. Kick him out. <laughs> have some balls, America. Yeah. You want him to walk out? You figure out how to get him out of there. Yeah, he's the one that's he's stealing. Why don't you, if, if it's so bad, then make him not have this really high-paying job anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, He's going to do, you know, George is going to do what he's going to do. He is, uh, he is, I liken him to Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, Frank Abagnale. He is just a shrewd, cunning, fun-loving uh, check fraud man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's not, he's never going to change. That's the charm of George Santos, though, you know? It is the charm of George Santos. I don't know who has any use for him. I don't know. I don't have any use for him personally. But, but if you want him out... You have to figure out how to get him out. Yeah. Also, I don't think he's charming. I want to take that back. That's not my. That's why I'm not why I'm giving him the benefit. of He's the got doubt. a goofy face. I've never heard him speak. I've never heard him speak. He is the. Uh, I didn't know this. He is the first openly LGBTQ member elected to Congress as a Republican. So that's a first. I think that is good. That goes in his favor. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I think it's a. Uh, it's it's good to have that. But it's unfortunate that a hundred percent of the openly gay congressmen <laughs> for the Republicans That's go into are, history books. Are, are scum. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and to be fair, most of those guys are gay. Most of the most of them are gay. He's the first openly He's gay the one. First openly gay one. And I hope that this leads to more people coming out as check fraudsters slash 
members of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, even if they're super old. Even if they're super old, I don't care. Yeah. I think it would be great if Lindsey Graham admitted <laughs> to himself that he was gay. <laughs> that he's gay? <laughs> right. It would be big for South Carolina. It, the, prob- the problem now is that every Republican is going to be like, and you committed check fraud, right? <laughs> he's like, no, I'm I'm just gay. Okay? All gay guys commit check fraud. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be the Fox News spin on this. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah. Well, he was. We did find out George Santos was gay. So <laughs> we found out. Take, he told take, us. take that with a grain of salt. We've we've decided to <laughs> implement that piece of information in this federal case. Yeah, uh, Your Honor, have we considered the fact that he's gay? It's like <laughs> don't see what that has to do with this. Um, no, but he gets the benefit of the doubt because it's like, dude, the government's got to act on this. This guy's not going to change. Yes. People like this don't change. No, he's a klepto. Yes. He's going to keep stealing. Yes. And, you know, once he's out of Congress, if he ever is out of Congress, he's going to probably be running some Ponzi scheme. That's right. Uh, some sort of MLM marketing scheme, and he's going to be stealing there too, you know? Yep. Um, so that's not that's not his responsibility. That's uh, Nope. He's a supervillain. He's a supervillain. And villain. if we want to stop him, we can't just ask him to stop. Can I, can I, I don't want to, I don't want to like go against what you're saying. I wouldn't call him a supervillain. You don't think he's. I would say villain though. Okay. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think I don't think check fraud constitutes as super villain yet. Uh, Maybe like Jeff Bezos is a super villain. Sure. Right? Okay. <clears throat> I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, okay. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk can be in the super villain <laughs> category. George Santos, <laughs> a few tiers below. Okay. Um, that's my first and only and ever correction that I will ever make of you on the podcast. I graciously <laughs> accept. <laughs> and you get one now too. Yes. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll, we'll know never. <laughs> we, can we do, you know, speaking of MLMs, can we talk about the last thing, which is the, we watched the Theranos, uh, oh, documentary. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's her name again? Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. We watched that documentary. It's, it's pretty old at this point, but, right. um, I just wanted to know what was going on with it. And, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. It is funny. It's um, just so shocking when uh, someone comes up with a blatant scam and then they become worth $5 billion. Yeah. And no one can figure it out, but it's obvious. I really liked, I think my favorite part was when they showed the inside of the blood testing machine. Yeah. And I was just like, they're like trying to like use pipettes to like get one small drop of blood into all these different testing tubes. And it's yeah. just like glasses breaking and shit. Right. And the, the people that were testing were like, yeah, some of this blood like maybe had hepatitis in it. And like, I was supposed to like reach my hand into it's this. So like, gross. It's so she's, gross. She's inspired by Steve Jobs. Yeah. And what she does is she creates this blood box that she calls the Edison. And it's like the same size as a a computer. And it's very important to her that it's the size of a computer. Yeah. And you put a drop of blood in it and it's supposed to give you the tests like for for 200 tests. None of them worked, but like they also were really gross. They were just just really gross, didn't work. And she ended up being less like Steve Jobs and more like Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Um, She just insisted that this machine worked. I think what they were doing after a while was they would do the testing remotely. So people at Walgreens would like send in their blood and then they would just use like regular standard blood test machines to run it. They weren't even using their own machine anymore because it sucked. It only only did like 15 tests, I'm pretty sure. And I think they needed more than a drop of blood. (laughs) They started doing real like blood withdrawals. Yeah, her whole thing was like, I just hate like having to get my blood drawn intravenously and then uh, eventually they move from the finger prick just to people getting their blood drawn. Right. Um, Her entire business model was a fantasy. 
No, and yeah, it, it was. never ended up working. It yeah, I I think my least favorite thing about her is that it, my my interpretation of her success it's like what would happen if uh, someone gave a TED talk and then that led to them having a multi billion dollar company. She always has the tone of giving a TED talk. She's, she's constantly she's perpetually giving, giving one long. Uh, lie of a TED talk. Yeah, and what also what's annoying is everyone is acting like she's so charming in the movie. I don't know if it's something that doesn't translate to screen, but when yeah. you see her in the movie, she looks weird. She does not look interesting. No, no she's her voice is unlike anyone else's in the world. Yeah, she seems like a kind of like a high school chemistry teacher, and you're kind of like, why are you teaching this? Like, yeah, <laughs> did you like fail something? Did you fail at something? Right. <clears throat> Um, so like all everything she says is like a platitude and she built her whole identity off of like quoting Martin Luther King, Gandhi, yeah. Einstein. She named her machine the Edison. Yeah. It's it's really just like what a dumb person would do to make everybody else think that they're smart. Yeah, she does word association with her name <laughs> and then the name of like legends. Yeah. And it reminds me of what Vivek does. Uh-huh. Cuz when people <clears throat> try to talk to Vivek uh, Ramaswamy about his politics, they're like, so are you an isolationist? He goes, I'm a George Washington conservative. John Adams. John Thomas Adams. Jefferson, 1976. Yeah. He just says a bunch of stuff. I'm a founding fatherist. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess we can't uh, argue with that because we all agree with the founding fathers. Oh, it sounds like you ignored my question and just said Benj- Benjamin uh, Benjamin Button. Benj- I'm Benjamin Button. I'm somewhat of a Benjamin Button. <laughs> He also loves Eminem, so he's just like, I'm the Slim Shady of uh, <laughs> Republican candidates. He doesn't realize that that's not prestigious. <laughs> uh, me and my cabinet will be much like D12. <laughs> my uh, plan for Israel-Palestine, well, it's going to be like kind of how D12 got in the studio and uh, <laughs> came up with a great album. Yeah, I would like to uh, create a union between those two countries, much like the union between Obi Trice and Marshall Mathers. <laughs> 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 he just says like he's missing the mark so bad with his examples. <laughs> In the words of Martin Luther King, <laughs> uh, these chicks don't know the name of my band. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I think she's. I just don't get why people were so charmed by her. Um, I I don't know. I don't know how. Um she tricks so many people her board of directors was made up of like the most evil men uh, in the world like yeah. henry kissinger was on her board of directors i don't know how she tricked those people or they were in on it she was in an affair with like this older indian guy as yeah. well and the thing is like i know enough old indian uncles where i would not i would have seen if i worked at that company i would have seen through it in the first 30 seconds uh-huh. it's like this sounds like my uncle trying to convince me of something right. you know what i mean like he would get up on stage and like make all these like platitudes of like he's like everybody's gonna come attack us okay and what do we say fuck you and it's just like well this guy's lying he you know he lies about everything when she did get attacked they broke up their, uh, I felt re- bad for him. In that relationship moment. couldn't withstand uh, the federal heat. Yeah. And now I think that she's either engaged or married to like another uh, fabulously rich person. Mm. She's got something. She's got some it factor. Yeah. That is a magnet that confuses for rich guys. That confuses uh, uh, um, tech nerds <laughs> she, <laughs> with she, no social skills. Yeah. I think she just has like marginally higher social skills than the men she's trying to woo. She is ravaging the community. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> tech tech men. I don't know. I mean, I'm I don't know what her net worth is now, but it was once at four point five billion, and then it went down to zero. Okay, well, that's cool. I mean, she she lost her money. She lost. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the last that we're gonna see of Elizabeth Holmes, though. No, she's I, got that it factor. She's got the it factor. I guarantee you. In another ten years, we're gonna have. She's not gonna be the face of it, obviously, but she will be a shadow. Correct. Uh, a shadow master of some new machine. I think you're right. Some blood related <laughs> machine. She might. She might be a supervillain. I think she is. Yeah. She's in. She makes that upper echelon tier of supervillain. She hits supervillain for me. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to talk about, but no, I feel good. I, I feel think, super satisfied with the breadth of what we talked about. I think today. We did our best today. Um, my favorite part was about the Pez. Yeah, but I'm not gonna choose favorites. I'm gonna let the uh, the audience choose what their favorite part was. Yeah, cool. Yep. All, All right. right. Thanks. See you man. next week.